this is episode 616 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Wednesday, April 17th, 2019. I am your host, Mark Cousinez, and today I'll be talking about Super Bomberman R, because that's the hot new game everyone's talking about. Did you not know? Where have you been? Some Apex Legends, because a new patch was released uh, yesterday, I believe, and yeah. It's brought some changes. Nothing too exciting, but some somewhat potentially significant changes to a few legends. And some new console news. We got some PlayStation 5 details, which I think are not just leaked rumors, but uh, confirmed supposed specs from Sony. Whether or not they are in the final product is to be determined uh, but I'll get to that uh, in addition to that though there's some Microsoft news the all digital console officially announced and priced and all that and yeah some movies I guess I can talk about and the Game of Thrones season 8 premiere 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 uh, yeah this should be a short show in part because I'm recording it late in the day, and also because my back is in a bit of pain, and also, also, because I recorded this episode earlier in the day, and it was just an absolute train wreck. I was not happy, <laughs> and yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't live with myself putting that video up, so I'm doing it again, and you're just going to be stuck with this old, this old thing. Anywho, so I guess I'll talk about the news first and foremost because if we are done kidding ourselves, nobody gives a shit about Super Bomberman R. It's just what I've been playing because guess what? I can play with one hand and that doesn't mean I'm using the other hand to, uh, you know what, I'm using that other hand to eat oatmeal or my other food that I eat besides oatmeal. Because despite what you may think, I eat more than just oatmeal. I only eat oatmeal for breakfast. And also, oatmeal only gets one gaming love. And <laughs> that is Apex Legends. Because Gems of War may be working now, but it's too late. I've discovered that playing Apex Legends and eating oatmeal together works. And I'm going to keep doing that. Especially since it's a great way to just... Get that bonus Battle Pass XP. I feel like I'm talking very strangely on today's episode. So, news. PlayStation 5 details have come out. And I don't know if, uh, or at least I can't remember if it was Sony saying, these are the specs that the PlayStation 5 are going to have, or, or if they just said, this is what we're shooting for. And what makes me hesitant to believe any of these things will come to fruition is because in the past they've made claims that didn't come to fruition, but also because they have claimed that the PlayStation 5 will support 8K gaming and ray tracing. 8K gaming, sure, fine, whatever. I, I can buy that because that doesn't mean that games will be running natively in full AK resolution, but that they could just be upscaled. 
I mean, how many games on PlayStation 4 Pro run in native 4K? I don't think that many. A lot of them are, you know, they're they're higher than 1080, but they're not quite 4K, which you get more often on Xbox One X. Uh, so yeah, 8K support, fine. Who cares? And also, it, you know, it's future-proofing the system, I guess, but 8K displays and 8K content in terms of videos and movies and all that is very, very limited, so no big deal. But ray tracing, you know, that, if, you, if you've if you ever watched a Digital Foundry video, if you know anything about ray tracing, I, I'm not going to go into detail about it because I can't speak to it in any kind of technical way that would be accurate. Um, but it takes quite a bit of power to do ray tracing. And the kind of power power needed for a PC, you know, it's not cheap. And that makes me question the whole uh, PlayStation 5 presumed specs at this point. Uh, because that would lead to a very expensive console. And they've come out and said, I think, that it will be a good price. Something along those lines. Their wording would be different, but... You know, they basically said that the price won't be anything crazy. What does that mean? I don't know. It means you're not going to be spending a thousand dollars. You'll just be spending eight hundred dollars. But uh, I, I, I just, I don't think, given the way the industry or the consumers have reacted to high-priced consoles in the past, at least the base consoles. We have the $500 Xbox One X, which regularly goes on sale for 400 or like 380 and you get like a free game and other crap as well. Uh, but, you know, for your higher-end console, I think, has that been an option, people are willing to spend more because it's more of a niche product. But for your base console, I, don't, I just don't see how they could get away charging any more than 400 it seems like over 400 is just uh instant death the xbox one launched at 500 that was a bad idea also it came with connect which no one supported not even microsoft the playstation 3 originally launched at 600 that did not go well for them uh so i would imagine they'd be shooting for 400 dollars again but I don't see how they hit that price point without taking a serious hit if they if they truly want to make the the PlayStation 5 they're claiming to want to make. It also is going to include a an SSD drive. And I can't remember if I read this correctly. They said it was going to be the fastest SSD that is currently available, faster than any SSD that is currently available in any PC on the market which is a crazy claim, if that is what I remember reading. But yeah, eh, it's, a, it's a thing. Ultimately, I don't care, because I just don't care about PlayStation. Uh, they would have to steal the Xbox One controller for me to care, but I, I don't see them changing that. And I would also really like, though I think it's a little different with PlayStation, uh, but I would like to see them 
make the PlayStation 4 controllers compatible with the new console. But given that I could see them very uh, likely removing the touchpad, that that could, you know, they could just have that still be there. Because I, I, I wouldn't imagine they would replace that with other buttons. They would just remove it uh, and use that room for something else or, or what have you. But uh, that is one of my biggest concerns for the next gen is just I don't, I have two Xbox One Elite controllers. I don't want them to not be compatible with the next console because they're expensive. But uh, speaking of Xbox One, the Xbox One All Digital Edition was officially announced. I don't know if it was announced prior to this, but they gave a date, which I think is May 7th, and it will be $250, and it's coming with Forza Horizon 3, Sea of Thieves, and what is the third game? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think the third game was as notable as those two, though it is a bit weird getting Forza Horizon 3 and not 4. Uh, it's just like, oh, I mean, not that Forza Horizon 3 is bad. Forza Horizon 3 is probably my favorite in that series. The the thing that's weird to me, though, about the all-digital edition is that it is just the same frame as the, the regular S model. They didn't shrink it or anything, and that's what makes it unappealing to me. I, 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 think, I think it would be way more appealing at a... $200 as opposed to 250 I also don't see the point of an all-digital edition anyway. Uh, you know, I understand that this this price point means that when they have sales in the fall uh, and maybe earlier, they can drop it even lower, and it, it'll be a very tantalized price. They can put it on sale for a buck seventy-five or something along those lines, and it'll be very a very tantalizing price. But I just I look at these consoles and I think is fifty bucks really that big of a difference? If it is, then maybe you shouldn't be in the market for a console. You should be putting your money elsewhere. You should be saving your money. If fifty dollars is the difference between life and death for you being able to purchase a console, don't don't do it. You don't need to play games. No one needs to play games. I don't need to play games. You don't need to play games. We want to play them, but we don't need them. They're a hobby. They're a toy. They're you know, they're just something we enjoy. And there's no reason to spend money you can't spend or shouldn't be spending just because you want to play these games. Don't do it. And I look at the all digital edition which keeps the same body but just removes Optical, optical disk drive and I think to myself well is this really a great deal you're losing the drive which saves you 50 bucks but then you're also losing the ability to buy cheap disk based games and, and the ability to then trade them in when you're done with them if that's something you want to do which would save you money so in the long run I feel like a disc-based version would be cheaper. And if you care at all about disc-based uh, movies and whatnot, you're shit out of luck there too. Because I'm pretty sure the S does play UHDs. 
So you have a UHD player there as well. I don't know. It's just weird to me. I think it would make more sense if it was $300 or maybe a little more and just had a shitload of memory in it for all the games you're going to download. I know that I am in the minority. I am the exception, not the rule in terms of how big of a digital game library I have, you know, which is in large part because I get a lot of review codes, but also I'm someone who will buy almost anything when it's on sale for like five or seven bucks. Cause it's just five, seven bucks here or there. I don't go out to eat. I don't spend my money elsewhere. I'm not doing anything else. So I'm like, Oh, why not? I'll give this game a shot. And I don't mind supporting indies, you know, even though I'm not supporting them at full price, but uh, I will give anything a go and see how it is. If the price is right, it it, it adds up over time, of course, over the course of a generation, all those sales and, and whatnot add up, but I'm fine with it. You know, I'm not, I'm not buying games for 60 bucks all the time. I, I, I might buy two games a year at full price. Um, five max at the very, very max. Have I bought a game this year at full price? Have I? That is a good question. I'm trying to think. Have I bought a game at full price? One, yes, because Ace Combat 7 came out, which I bought from my father. And that's it so far. And of course, I'll probably buy Forza Motorsport 8 because I always buy the, the, the Forza Motorsport games. <laughs> And then I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the news and all that. Moving on to what I've been playing. So I've been playing Super Bomberman R because I've been looking for games that I can play while eating. And Bomberman seemed like a game I could do. And I think a lot of people don't like this game, but I can't speak to any of that because I'm not that versed in the Bomberman franchise. I've played them in the past, but I haven't played any... Bomberman game all that much so I can't say how this game compares to other games in the franchises but with the time I put into it I'm having a good enough time I've put the majority of my time into the story mode which consists of I don't know how many worlds but each world is comprised of eight levels and then two boss fights uh, a regular kind of boss fight and then a super boss fight and during the levels before the boss fights, you will be given certain tasks, whether it's kill all the enemies in, a, in an area, survive for a certain amount of time, uh, take these other bomber folk and escort them to the safe area, and stuff like that. And as you progress from area to area, they'll have world-specific hazards that make traversing the world trickier like one is an ice planet and we'll have patches of ice on the ground which you can't stop on you just slide through those which become way more interesting when they have edges you can fall off of and you have to really pay attention to where the ice ends because you can accidentally go down an ice path and then just go right off the the, the map um, but i'm enjoying it it's Bomberman. you drop bombs you get power-ups to increase the radius of your bombs, how many bombs you can drop at one time, how fast you can move, power-ups for your bomb, like one that turns it into this spiky bomb that will blow through all uh, destructible pieces in its radius, which I really love. Uh, ones you can push, things that you, uh, abilities that let you kick 
the bomb, probably all stuff that have uh, has been in previous Bomberman games. But for me, it's fine. You know, it's nothing mind blowing. Maybe part of why people didn't like it is because the multiplayer is not as deep, or is missing something, or online is broken, or I don't know what. But for for my needs, I'm having a good enough time with it. I I do wish these coins which are currency used for purchasing different outfits or bomber people in the the store i wish there were more ways to get it because the only way you get them as far as i can tell is through the story mode completing a world and apparently playing in one of the online modes but you don't get it for any other way which is a little annoying and you can also use those coins to continue in the story mode on a world if you lose all your lives prior to finishing it uh but it's fine it seems to be bomber man and i'm having plenty of fun with it apex legends still loving it of course but a patch went live yesterday that introduced a, a few new updates one of the most significant update is that now gibraltar and caustic will take 10 percent less damage from attacks which could potentially be significant they're going to watch and see how it plays out because the change to the hitboxes that they did for caustic uh gibraltar and pathfinder made a difference with pathfinder but didn't see they didn't see the same change in caustic and gibraltar so they're doing this to see if maybe that will help balance them and get people to use them more often which would be nice because while i see caustic used because his main ability uh, of dropping the little poison containers is pretty good nobody really uses gibraltar even though his special his ultimate is very very good it's basically the same as uh bangalore in that he drops an airstrike however and instead of dropping an airstrike that takes time to explode uh, bangalore's is a bunch of missiles fall and then there's a delayed explosion so people have time to get away his is instant and it's a heavy barrage it's like i don't know how many rounds but it's a it's a significant number of rounds of just heavy fire which can wreck teams if there's no cover and if they're if it's a well-thrown uh airstrike but then they also buffed all the sniper rifles and fixed and didn't fix but they changed the ammunition in the havoc rifle so that it's base well i mean you can't update its ammunition but they changed it so now it's 32 bullets in a clip as opposed to 25 and then they nerfed the wingman even more first they changed how fast it shot in one of the earlier patches and now the base clip size is four bullets as opposed to six and they might have done something else to it. And so the wingman is looking more and more like the better version of the Mozambique, but not a great option uh, for a gun. And they nerfed the Spitfire a little bit, reduced its damage slightly, and its clip size slightly, which is fine because that gun, if you especially if you got it with a heavy. Uh, level three heavy clip it was just a monster but it's still pretty good uh, and then they 
Change the speed of the dropship by 50%, I believe, which is good because it did move pretty slowly. I, I never saw people waiting too long to jump because it just takes its sweet ass time in moving. And then there, there might have been a few more things. But yeah, nothing too significant. They also ha have implemented a very short Battle Pass bonus XP event that started yesterday the 16th and is going through the 18th. So yesterday, today, and tomorrow. For every day, the first match, you end up in the top five, which is very easy to do if you are playing the game and have the Battle Pass and all that. It will be easy as hell to get this, but for each day, the first match where you end up in the top five, you get a full level, so a full 2,900 or 29,500 XP, which is nice. Helped me get to level 80, so I'm happy about it, but I, I would like to see more events like that ha uh, take place, more bonus XP events and stuff like that, but yeah. I'm still really enjoying the game. That's pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing. Uh, before I, I, I get to what I've been watching and all that, I just want to say that I think I'm done with Turok and Attack the Backlog, that episode. Which is to say, this may be the first time I have recorded an episode of Attack the Backlog and not finished the game. Because I, I, I've made it to the fifth level, the catacombs, and I fucking hate them. They're just a, an annoying maze, and the map system is a nightmare, and it doesn't auto-map everything, and it's just trying to figure out where I've missed, where I need to go to get these keys that I somehow didn't run across the entire time I was in that map, and when I went back into it for a second time, I just, I don't want to spend any more time in that fucking map after spending probably an hour and a half in it. And I only got one key from that time with it. It wouldn't be as bad if enemies didn't spawn all the time so that I wouldn't have to deal with them and waste ammunition or, or, or take damage, lose health. Lose health. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of pissed me off. And I don't, I don't really see any reason to keep playing. So... I think that's going to be the case, which I think is a good precedent because it's a good idea. I mean, like, attacking the backlog doesn't mean finishing all the... It's not like, oh, I really enjoy this game, I want to finish it. It's no. These are games that I've never gotten around to. I've always wanted to play them. I'm going to play them and see if I actually like them, or maybe I don't. If I don't like them, why should I keep playing them? Right? Makes sense. So, I think this is ultimately a good thing and that it'll be breaking me from my feeling that I need to finish these games for whatever reason. Uh, so, yeah, we shall see. But most likely, I don't, I don't, I don't, just the thought of it is making me feel uneasy. What I've been watching, uh, I watched the Game of Thrones premiere, which. At first, just looked like a bunch of characters wanting to have sex with Jon Snow. They're just like looking at him like, oh, they want to fuck him. They want to fuck him. Oh, my God. Uh, it's fine. It's whatever. I'm just ready for the show to be done with. And then 
watch some movies. I watched Tremors, and it is not nearly as fun as I remember, which is really disappointing. It's okay, but uh, I would never go out of my way to watch it ever again. It's the kind of movie that if I was channel surfing and landed on Tremors, I'd be like, eh, why not? I guess I'll watch this, but I wouldn't actively go out of my way to watch it. As opposed to Eight-Legged Freaks, which I haven't finished yet, but I started watching it with my dinner, and that is, is still a lot of fun. I still enjoy that movie quite a bit. It's a crime that that is not on Blu-ray. I hope that is remedied at some point in the near future, but as long as it's remedied at some point in the future, I'll be happy. But yeah, I find that to be way more fun than Tremors. The only thing about Tremors that I still really like is the monster, and it looks great, you know, with practical effects and all that. Um, then I watched Pulp Fiction, which I didn't enjoy all that much. There are some great performances in it and some great stories. I think it it might be one of Bruce Willis's best performances, uh, but I think it is a movie that is far too long. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the movie that came out right after Reservoir Dogs, so he went from a movie that was about an hour and 40 minutes to a movie that's like two hours and 35 minutes. And it, it feels long. There are a lot of scenes that are overwritten and just bits of dialogue that are excessive. The, the part that really stands out to me as something I, I hated at least was when in the very beginning Samuel L. Jackson, John Travolta are talking about Uma Thurman's character and how she was an actress and she did some pilot or whatever. Samuel L. Jackson is telling this Travolta and Travolta's like, what's what's a pilot? And then Jackson goes on to first tell him about TV because he mentions TV and Travolta's like, I don't have a TV. Well, and then Jackson's like, well, you know, there's this box that has a screen in it, and they have shows on it, and people watch it. And this is called a TV. You know these exist, right? Even though you don't have one, right? Right? Okay. Now, this is what a pilot is. And then he goes on explaining exactly what a pilot is and how they work and all that shit. And I'm just sitting there watching it, thinking to myself, I don't need you to fucking explain the entire pilot process to me. Just get on with it. But I, I think the movie would be much stronger if they just removed all of the Travolta and Uma Thurman bits. Remove Travolta entirely from the movie. Remove Uma Thurman. All that shit is trash. They're the weakest characters. They suck. And they just kill all the momentum every time they're on screen. I just I don't like them. Uh, like Even when... Travolta and Jackson are playing off each other. When Jackson's speaking, I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. And then Travolta says, I'm like, just shut the fuck up, Travolta. Let Jackson do all the talking because you just suck. Just shut up. Shut up. Uh, so, yeah. That was that was a disappointing realization. But also, I think that I'm not a huge Tarantino fan. I don't like Kill Bill. I don't like Kill Bill too. <laughs> Uh, I did not like Death Proof. I love Inglorious Bastards, but I should rewatch that now and see if I still do. I did enjoy Hateful Eight, but I should definitely rewatch that because I don't. I didn't remember loving it or anything. I was just like, yeah, this is, this is not too bad. You know, he's great at casting. I think probably I I don't know if any of his movies have terrible casts. 
But uh, I didn't like Jackie Brown. Is that what it's called? Uh, I don't like his foot fetish. He also just really seems to like Uma Thurman's feet in particular. And then, what was the other one? Django Unchained. I remember liking What's-His-Face from Inglourious Bastards who played the dentist. I remember thinking, wow, he's fantastic in this. The rest of the movie and the actors are okay, I guess, but if not for him, oh, I would not probably like this nearly as much as I'm enjoying it. But yeah, Quentin Tarantino. His best work is Desperado. Which is such... Desperado is such an amazing film. I, I, I can't say that enough. I, I, I think it might be my favorite action movie. I, I think a lot of people would jump to something like Die Hard. Or The Matrix even. But I don't think... I, I feel like even the first Matrix people have soured on a bit. But... Desperado is just fucking incredible. You know, Die Hard is fun because the villain is great and there's a good amount of like it's fun because of the of what's going on and all that. Now, I love Die Hard. I'm not trying to talk down on it or anything, but Desperado just has so much going for it. God, I just want to watch Desperado now. You know what you should be doing instead of listening or watching this podcast? You should be watching Desperado. Because Desperado has great action. Die Hard doesn't have great action. That That's one of the problems with it as an action movie. You know, it has guns shooting and explosions. But it doesn't have any kind of action scene that is super cool. That I can think of. Like, I can think of so many things from Desperado. That are just fucking awesome. Like I, one of my favorite things is just the way he like is whipping the guns as he's shooting them early on. Uh, when his two buddies come later on, and you have the guy who has the bazooka guitar case and then the machine gun guitar cases, it's fucking awesome. Do you have anything like that in Die Hard? I think not. There have to be other action movies that I'm not thinking of besides Die Hard that would be in that echelon of best action movie I don't know I don't know what action movies are there why can't I think of any action movies and I I like for me military movies and westerns are their own thing I'm not going to include those in the action movie genre even though they are but just whatever I think this is a good time to end this here episode of the Pixel Ace Austin Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Marcus. Yeah, I should I should say this in a way you can understand. Once again, I am your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is of course pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, 
Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or attack the backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and watch both of them there along with some anime reviews if you so choose. And if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com and check it all out over there. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have a Wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye.